And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Please turn your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 9. And let's read, I'll read verse 1 to verse 6. Amen. Acts chapter 9 verse 1 reads, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he be found any of this way, back then they called Christianity this way, because Jesus said in Acts chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus, Christianity was referred to as the way. So he said, he went to the high priest and he said, can I get some letters from you? I need to go to Samaria, which is Damascus, which is the capital of Syria, almost 140 miles from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I want to go over there because they believe in extradition to extradite. I want to confiscate, bound, and extradite any Christian I find in da- Damascus. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible tells us. Uh, he said, whether they were men or women, he might bring them unto Jerusalem. How? Bound. He wants to arrest Christians, amen, and bring them back to Jerusalem to put them in jail. Verse 3 reads, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, can you say suddenly? And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. That's what I call intervention. Is what intervention you see Jesus will stay back so much amen he'll watch so much and then he'll step in to show you that he's Lord that's why we keep singing Jesus Jesus oh how I love calling your name because he's strength to those who are weak he's a way maker are you with me saints sometimes when things get tough and Christians tug tail and run Jesus shows up Amen. When sometimes we fail to do what we ought to do, Jesus steps in because he is the head and we are his body. Let me say it again. Because he is the head and we are his How many of you are aware that the head and the body is connected? Amen. I have proof. Verse 4. I'm continuing right here. And he fell, Saul fell to the earth. And heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Uh Uh-huh. Here is Saul's response. And he said, who are you, Lord? (laughs) It would seem that he knows who already. But when you've been struck down, your high horse, mm -hmm, sometimes when you speak, it doesn't make sense, yeah? So he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am whom? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. How I love calling your name. 
<laughs> oh, that's why he had us singing that song. Because we were about to talk about him. Amen, Jesus. Can somebody say, oh, Jesus? Sometimes that's all you can say when you're going through. Sometimes the pain is so strong. All you can say is, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I remember the day is coming to the kitchen and my mother was, she was standing in the kitchen. And I know there were difficulties and challenges. And all I heard her said was, Jesus. Mm, Jesus. You know, I never understood as a child. But today I understand that she was calling for help. She was calling for a way to be made when there was no way. She knew who her, who her help was. Oh how, I, oh, how I wish the church today knows who their help is. Because he'll never leave you, nor forsake you. He said, he said, Lo, I'm with you always. Matthew 28, 20. Lo, I'm with you always unto the end. Hallelujah. He's a faithful God. That's why we sing, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. How many of you agree that Shirley Caesar was in the spirit <laughs> when she wrote that song? Oh, that song has served as a source of strength to many Christians. Mm -hmm. Glory be to Jesus. It has blessed many of us Christians while we are going through. We say, come on, Jesus. Come do for me what I cannot do for myself. And we see Jesus doing the exact same thing here. He's coming to help the Christians, amen, who are running from Jerusalem because of persecution. The devil has influenced a man called Saul. He's, he's spoken to Saul. I'll get into it in a while. He's raised him up to be a bully. But all bullies have their day. Oh yes, glory be to God. You want to bully Christians? You run into Christ one day. And when you run, you'll be on your face before the Lord. Yes, you will. Oh, you disagree? Ask the Apostle Paul. <laughs> oh, bless God. So the Bible tells us here, Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He said, Lord, who are you? Jesus, he said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Verse 6, and he trembling, that Saul trembling, and astonished, that sounds like he was bamboozled, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? You see, now he's polite. You see, all the anger and the rage. He's breathing threats, murderous language coming from his mouth. Every word is a, a word that uh, is, is something evil, just an animalistic cruelty coming from him. Why? Because he is influenced by the devil. The devil needs a human being to do his job. God needs a human being to do his job. Are you with me? So the devil raised the soul to bully Christians and he ran into Jesus. You know, years ago I was reading this right here and I, and I was able the Lord showed me he, the association between verse 1 and verse 4. Verse 1, breathing threats and slaughter. That's what verse 1 says, right? The word slaughter here means murder. Breathing, just saying bad things about Christian. And I read verse 1, the Lord said to me, son, this is how I feel when Christians say bad things against one another. That stopped me from gossiping. Because Jesus feels it. It hurts him. When you and I begin to deride one another. 
Listen to me, brothers and sisters. The struggle out there is real. It is real. And we have to take it easy on one another. Are you with me? Take it. You are not. We are not in, in, in each other's shoes. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that. Praise the Lord. And try to support one another. Let me tell you. Can you cast a vote for humanity? Let me ask you. Let me say that again. Can you cast a vote for humanity? Can you do that? Can you stop saying all Christians or everybody's bad? Jesus cast a vote for humanity. Can we follow Jesus? Can you give them, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 3, endeavoring to keep Ephesians 4 verse 3. You, you need to, let's bring that, I, that just came in my spirit. This is what we Christians are supposed to do. Ephesians 4 verse 3. I think it's coming up shortly, praise the Lord. 2, 3, there we go. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of Christians are supposed to go out of their way to give everybody the benefit of the doubt <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus I, I sometimes you ask yourself why there is no get up and go in my life that, that's what the old folks used to say get up and go you ask why there is no get up and go is because maybe you are persecuting Jesus well, well, you haven't got to say amen because I know I used, you know, in my young years as a Christian, my novice years, I used to do it. Mm -hmm. And my life went nowhere. I was overlooked because I was persecuting Jesus. And when you persecute Jesus, you run into Jesus. Well, well, let me move on here. Glory be to God. Amen. So what we are seeing here in this chapter is we are seeing, uh, um, as you remember, as you recall, in in. Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. You remembered? Yes. Uh, that's Acts, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 9, mm -hmm. Paul, very zealous, used by the devil, but God has a plan for him. God has a plan for him. The very man whom the devil raised to persecute Christians. Let, let, me, let me share this with you since. Paul is responsible for a lot of men who lost their wives a lot of women who lost their husbands responsible for a lot of kids who were fatherless because he murdered Christians don't forget he was a murderer before he became an apostle are you, are you getting you have to remember that that's why I entitled this sermon too much grace are you with me God reached out to a man who murdered Christians, got him saved, changed his life, put him on a new course. Are you getting me, saints? Forgive every murder he committed. Let me ask you, what's your problem? What's my problem? Why are we counting ourselves out? If God can reach out to a murderer, got him saved, made him an apostle, what about you and I? Don't count yourself out. Don't agree with yourself. The enemy enemy. <laughs> Tell yourself what God's word says about you. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Especially in these last days, you got to remind yourself of who we are in Christ. Because God is a faithful God. He's a loving father. I'm not sure if I'll be able to forgive Paul and bring him to heaven, but God. Oh, he's a wonderful savior. 
He's a mighty God. He's faithful. And brothers and sisters, let me share with you. Sometimes, not sometimes people may leave you, but Jesus will never. Uh, let me share something with you. People may, I'm talking from hardcore experience. Sometimes uh, people look at me and say, why are you so passionate? It's because I've had friends who betrayed me. And I found myself on my knees in the presence of God. Everybody left, but Jesus was there. Never left me. Never forsake me. Always made a way when there was no way. Protected me from accidents. Dangerous sin and unseen. He's faithful. I, he has a too much grace, if you ask me. But that's just the way he is. He hurts. He hurts. Oh, glory be to Jesus. I, I had a friend, Elder Brenda, and uh, he, he had a particular sin habit. And he tried, he tried, he tried to get rid of that sin, that habit. Tried, tried. And one day, Jesus showed him how that sin hurt he, Jesus. You, you see, this is not about you and I, it's really about Jesus. Jesus opened up the man's eyes and he saw how that sin hurt Jesus. He fell on his knees, cried like a baby and got delivered right away. Sometimes all we need to see is a peek into how Jesus feels. Yeah, yeah, because he's enough. He's enough. He can satisfy. Yes, yeah. You just need to get into the spirit. Yeah, you, we need to learn to detach. Yeah, that's where the, the power comes when you detach from the world. Uh, you get what I'm saying? You mind if I dig deeper, Mr. Woodley? Yeah, let me dig deeper. <laughs> he said, he said, dig. It comes when you start to change, when everything changes. When your vehicle turns into a learning seminary, a mobile seminary. Are you getting what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying, saints? When everything around you begins, because that's how you begin to detach. You start to turn off 96.1. Uh, I will go. Uh, I know. I know. I'm. I know. I'm. I know. I'm meddling. You might say, I'm "Stop preaching. I'm meddling." Let me meddle for a bit here, because I used to do that one day, and God said to me, "Turn that off and put on some preaching." You see, that's how we live out. You. You can tell people detach, detach, detach. What it means by detach? Well, that's what I mean. You start to cut it out. You start to cut out some things. Uh -huh. Cut out things. Are you with me, saints? Yes. And make more time for him. Yes. Thank you. you start to surround yourself with the word of God. And immerse yourself in the word of God. Then you will be able to sense Jesus. Because he's always around. It's just that he's a spirit. Uh -huh. And if you stay in the flesh, you won't sense him. Mm-hmm. He's with us every day, every second of the day. He's right next to us. But you'll only sense him if you get into the spirit. Amen? And by the way, what do I mean when I say get into the spirit? I don't mean walking around saying, mm -hmm. I sense you here. No, no. No. That's why you got to... <laughs> How many of you, like me, I used to hear these preachers say that. And I just said, what is he talking about? And so I see people behaving like, you know, like... And I thought that's what it was. 
No, I hear God. No, I feel God. No. Let me show you what being in the spirit means. Can you go to John 6, 63? Let me show you what to be in the spirit means. Amen. It's not only for preachers. <laughs> John chapter 6, verse 63. He says, it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits what? The words that I speak unto you, they are? And they are? So what is getting into the spirit? Getting into his word. Get it into his word. Take that word, read it loud. Don't never read the Bible quiet. That is why the Ethiopian eunuch read the Bible loud. He read it loud because Philip heard him. Back then, people knew the importance of reading the Bible loud. So read the, when you read the Bible loud, you've taken your voice and you place it on the written word is logos. When you put your voice on it, it becomes rhema. Rhema is deadly. Powerful. Mm -hmm, that's what it is. That's what Hebrews 4.12 says. For the word of God is quick and powerful. When you begin to take your voice that God gives you your breath and you put on the word of God and you lose it, it brings results. That is why it's important for you to read God's word loud. Never, never whisper God's word. Mm-hmm. Because that's how you, the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the seed. So as you read the word loud, you're sowing seeds in your heart. Don't you think these things are important to explain? Because back then I just sat there saying, what's he talking about? What does in the spirit means? Oh, when I began reading, I realized it's in the word. It's not walking around looking like your face all twisted. You <laughs> Mm, I sense, I sense God. <laughs> I, I saw the side of a spiritual person and it blew me. Smile. The smile and the sensitivity. I said, whoa, that's different. Mm -hmm. Now, how did I get there? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Amen. So brothers and sisters, what we see happening is Acts 8, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch got saved, reading the word of God loud. Amen. And we saw, we see what God is doing. God is moving away from Jerusalem. He's fulfilling Acts 1.8, the uttermost parts of the world. Uttermost parts. So he moved. Now, Samaria, Damascus is the capital of Syria, 160 miles from Jerusalem. So it's from maybe here to Jacksonville. And that's how far they were. Paul. <laughs> mm -hmm. Influenced by the devil. I don't mean Paul, Saul. Let's call his name Saul before. Amen. Before his name was changed. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Now, no, that was not Paul's, that was not Saul's first encounter with Christians. You remember in Acts chapter 6. He was the one who stood by and he, he, he was the one who saw he administered the, the uh, Stephen's death. The Bible says everybody who took up a stone to kill Stephen, they placed, they placed, they placed their coat at the, at, the, at the feet of Saul. So he was the mastermind. He was the ringleader. And he stand watching. You know that's what the mafias do. They stand at the back and they send their boys to do their dirty work. It's been in the Bible. Everything is in the Bible. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
so he is, he's been around a long time and some historians some historians state that Paul the, the, we were told that Stephen was full of power and a few guys came and where is it? I think in Acts chapter 6. Let me show you where Saul, where Saul got like the way he got. Because Stephen was powerful. And a few men came and argued with him. And he, the Bible said they could not resist his wisdom and understanding. And we are told that uh, Acts chapter 6. Can you go to Acts chapter 6, verse 8 to 10? Let me show you quickly. Amen. Acts chapter 6, verse 8 to 10. You got it? It reads here, and Stephen full of faith and power did great wonders and miracles among the people then there rose certain of the synagogue and some historians said those from the synagogue Saul at the time was part of the guy one of one of those uh -huh, which call, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and uh, and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of Cilicia and Asia disputing with and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake so Stephen humiliated Saul and Stephen was saying that hey the law is a shadow unto Christ not the Pentateuch not the uh, the Pentateuch is the first five books Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy but out of the Pentateuch the Pharisees that came up with 614 laws now let me tell you how you come up with 614 laws out of 10 And, and, and so Stephen was saying, that's a shadow. Now Christ is coming to get rid of these 614 laws because these were ceremonial laws. Remember, there were Levitical laws, there were moral laws, and there were civil laws. Jesus fulfilled all the ceremonial laws, all the, Levit the Levitical laws. Uh, laws like washing the hands before you come to the temple you have to stop and wash your hands water and you have to hold your hands a certain way they call it the the right of washing of hands so before you enter the temple there was a a, a basin of water you had to wash your hands and you had to put your hands a certain way and then the water had to flow down your hand while people sing a song just just ridiculous stuff so to speak <laughs> just traditions of men and Stephen is saying, hey, now Paul, Saul gave his life to that entirely. And so that enraged him. He's saying, I studied that. I gave my life to that. Now you're de-emphasizing what I gave my life to? And the Bible said, Saul began to persecute Christians. And Christians began to disperse. And I was reading this right here. Every time I read this text, it breaks my heart. You know why? Because brothers and sisters, we've... Other believers have paid a high price for what we have today. A lot of people died. A lot of people were burned at the stake. You heard of the stories from Josephus, the secular historian, where Christians were in the Roman Colosseum. They came together and they would place them in nets and, 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 and bulls would come and gore them to death. Yes, read Josephus. Josephus is not a Christian, he's a secular historian, but he wrote about Christianity. Mm, and you see, or you see how uh, uh, the animals and leopards and lions would tear the Christians apart in the Colosseum, and everybody would be shouting. Mm -hmm. And every time I read that text right here, it breaks my heart because it reminds me of what our brothers and sisters went through. And since honestly, to be honest with you, sometimes can I be honest with you? Sometimes when I watch the way some Christians serve God, it really disappoints me. It tells me you have no idea. What some people went through for what you have. You have no idea. 
We have no idea. Let me tell you, Saul wasn't the only one. I'm just introducing the text. I know we have communion. Saul wasn't the only one who stretched out his hand to touch the church, affects the church. Herod did that also. You remembered? I'm going to show you something, brothers and sisters, here. And I want to ask a question. Herod stretched out his hands also to vex the church. We are told here in, um, uh, let me get the text for you shortly. We'll get it. Acts chapter 12. Go to Acts chapter 12. Let's read verse 1 to 11. I want to show you something because, because we saw in Acts chapter 9, a persecution broke out and Christians began running. Running for their lives. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what the Bible says, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what happens. We, the Christians back then tuck tail and run. That's what happened. And, you know, it's the, sometimes, brothers and sisters, when you got a wife and you got children, you see the government against you. Amen. Coming against you. Praise the Lord. You feel helpless. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't think right as a Christian. Sometimes you forget the resources that you have available to you. Uh, I'm going to show you, brothers and sisters. Mm, there is no need to tuck tail and run. Are you with me, brother? Because the devil is going to try it again. Yeah, he may try it not on a not on a large scale, but maybe he may have somebody on your track. Mm, are you with me? Yes. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. So we are told here in Acts chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Now you got it? Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex. To vex here means to exacerbate, to harass, amen, to kill certain of the church. And he killed James. Brother of John with the sword. You know, James and John, they were called the sons of thunder. Herod uh, apprehended James, the son of thunder, and thrust him with a sword. And the Jews were happier. Everybody began to say, oh. And Herod said, oh, it pleased the Jews. Let me kill more. You see, that what happened to Saul. Saul murdered Stephen. Nobody held him accountable. Now he said, nobody held me accountable. Now let me, let me start to kill now. That's what happens on the, on, 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 during the time of the monarchs. I hate monarch reign. <laughs> I, how many of you love democracy? Some of you, some of you still want to, you still want a monarch to rule you. That's okay. That's okay. I want one monarch to rule me and that's Jesus Christ. Are you with me saints? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. When he comes back for us, amen, because he's a good monarch. He's a good, is it monarch or monarch? One, one of them. One of them, sorry. <laughs> he is the only one who's faithful, loving. Mm -hmm. Thank God for democracy. Where one man don't decide to thrust you through for sword and then that's it. And he cannot be held accountable. The devil is a liar. So that's what Herod did. And when Herod saw that the people loved it, after he murdered James, he took Peter. Uh, but look at the difference though when he took Peter. The Bible says right here, uh, and he killed James, verse 3, and he, because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. So he couldn't kill him. So he had him in jail for a little while. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Listen, listen, look, look, look the difference. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Can you say, but? But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Oh, nobody prayed when Stephen. Mm -hmm. 
nobody prayed for James, but the church stepped in and began to pray. They decide this time we are not running and we are not talking, telling, running. This time we are going to pray because we have help. And I'm asking you, what would happen if the church now recognized we have help and decide not to talk, tell, and run? Maybe the result would be different. Let's read what happened. Can you can you just can we read a little further? I, uh, you you saw you saw what happened as the church began to pray. Can I go to verse seven quickly? Let me show you. The church began to pray, and behold, the angel of the what? The church is praying. Peter is in jail. Peter is not praying. Peter, Peter is asleep. P Peter's Peter is saying, they took James. That's the son of thunder. If the son of thunder is going down, I'm out also. So let me get my last dinner and get a good rest. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. Now I know some. I know it has been preached like he was at peace. You know, that's why he was sleeping. But I have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. But the church was praying. Notice what happened. And the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison. What? A light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter. The angel said, Peter. Get up. Why you gave up so easily? On the side. And what happened? And raised him up saying, is, is that all I think there was most? There's, there's some. That's it? Is that a continuation of verse 6? Yeah. And his chains what? His chains fell from his hands. That's the kind of power we have available. Peter is asleep. Chained hands and foot. The angel of the Lord showed up. You see, there is the spirit realm which we have access to. is the parent realm of this natural world. And when the parent realm intervenes, everything in the natural has to give way automatically. And when the angel appeared, the change just fell off. <laughs> what would happen if the church began to pray? If the church, oh God, I give you praise. Open up its mouth and talk to hell. These demons. What would happen if somebody had said, Saul, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I give you praise. Since we got some power that we're not making use of. And the Bible says the changer and the angel said unto him, God yourself and, and bind up your sandals. And so he did and, and he saith unto him, cast your garment about thee and follow me. The angels came in the jail to rescue Peter. The next day he's going to die. But the reason why is because the church was praying. That's why you need to come to prayer meeting. Well, <laughs> I'm not making a case for prayer meeting. I'm just telling you, God has made a case for prayer meeting. I'm just reminding you. It's different when you pray by yourself. That's okay. But when the church comes together, that's the body of Christ. And that's what the devil is after. You know, he gets us busy. Well, we got to do an extra hour. You, know. you see, these, all, these, things, these principles haven't changed. They haven't changed, brothers and sisters. They haven't changed. Quickly, quickly. And he went out and followed him and wished not. Peter, wished means did not know that it was true which was done by the angel. So Peter is walking and he's saying, that can, he's touching himself. He said, is that, is that a dream? <laughs> is that is, what's going on? Because he he gave up. 
and Jesus came and rescued him. And the Bible says here, and wish not that it was true, but he, but he thought it was what? A vision. Continue quickly. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth out into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. The iron gate just said, bow and say, yes, Lord. <laughs> Nobody touched any iron gate, but the spirit realm, some hub, some being from the spirit realm showed up. And everything on earth has to yield. Are you with me? The iron gate just opened of its own accord. Nobody opened any chain. No, because why? The church is praying. When the church prays, gates are opened. Yokes are broken. <laughs> why? Because why? The church was persecution. Persecution. Are you with me? Persecution is upon Peter. They're about to kill Peter. The church is praying. Nobody prayed for James. Nobody prayed for Stephen. But the church is praying. Are you with me, saints? The church is what? Praying. 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 I have one more exhibit. I'm done. One more exhibit. One more exhibit and I'm done. You remembered. And all God wants us to do, brothers and sisters, is say something. That's all he wants us to do. The saints back then said nothing. They were running. So Jesus showed up. Jesus said, look, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. Enough is what? Enough. No more murders. No more fatherless kids. No more widows or widows. I'm coming. Because the church will not do it. I'm going to come do it. Amen. So, so we have an exhibit. You remember Nebuchadnezzar? You remember the three Hebrew boys? Because can you say persecution? It's been going on for a long time. The devil, look, the devil is the, the devil. Jesus said this about the devil in John 8, 44. He said to the people, he said, you are of your father. Let, let me show you what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 44. So you can be sure it's the devil who's influencing these guys to commit murder. John chapter 8, verse 44. And in John, in John 8, verse 34, there is a discourse going on. Jesus and the, and the Orthodox Jews, amen, uh, 44. The Jesus and is talking with the Jews. They are, they are conversing. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? They are conversing because it, it got hard. Okay, they would not. They claim to be Abraham's seed. Claim to be Christian. Jesus said, no, uh -uh, you are not. And they say, yes, we are. And Jesus said, he said, you are of your father whom? And the lust of your father you will do. He was whom? A murderer from the beginning. So Paul is murdering. Who's influencing Paul? The, de the devil. Who's influencing Nebuchadnezzar? The devil. Because he was a murderer from the beginning. Okay, let me show you this right here. And I'm done. This is my, this is my final exhibit. I want to show you, brothers and sisters, sometimes we've got to say something. Daniel chapter what? Daniel chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Verse 12 to 19, Nebuchadnezzar, somebody came to him and said to him, one of his, uh, one of the, one of his leaders came to him and said, hey, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, the, the, the image you erected and ask everybody to bow. There are three Hebrew boys who are not bowing. They are not bowing. And Nebuchadnezzar said, the, the, uh, you got verse 12? Daniel chapter 3 verse 12. 
It says, then was there Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs. There are certain Jews which thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That's their name. This is their, their real name is Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Amen. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not your gods, nor worship the golden image which you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, his rage and fury, commanded to bring Sedrach, sorry, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Then they brought these men before the king. Listen, listen. Verse 4. 14. Can you say persecution? It's about to break out, break out on these boys. Nebuchadnezzar spake unto them. Is it, is it true? O Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Do not you serve my God, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if you be ready at that time. And when you hear the flute, he went on and went on. Let's, let's, let's look at their response in verse 16. <laughs> now he threatened them. That's what Saul did. He threatened them. Nebuchadnezzar just threatened them. Look at their response. They didn't, I'm saying that to show you, they did not tuck tail and run. This is what they said. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, verse 16, answered and said unto them, Oh, <laughs> they say, oh, Neb. They used to call it, they call King Nebuchadnezzar Neb. That is short. They, they say, oh, Neb. We are not careful to answer you in this matter. They are speaking back. They said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace. And he, and he, what did they say? He will. Only if somebody had tell Saul that. He will. What? Boy, I love that. What, what an affirmation. He will deliver us where? And this is why I love verse 18. But if not, beat not unto you, O king. We will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. And the Bible said, the Bible says, brothers and sisters, they bound them. And Nebuchadnezzar, his rage, the Bible says his face changed. The demon possession manifested in his face. Because he's the devil. He's a murderer. The man's face changed. And he said, hit the furnace seven times harder. You can read the story when you go to your house. Amen? And the Bible said they attempted to throw Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah into the fiery furnace. The men who brought them died. But the Bible says God took the heat out of the fire. He took the heat out of the fire. Because they said, and he will deliver us. They, they, they trusted God. They just said, and if he doesn't, we are still not bowing. Neb. When will you get it? Oh, I love that. I love that. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the fire, and you go through the water, Jesus said, I will come. I'm not sending an angel. I am coming myself. And the Bible said, King Nebuchadnezzar, look out of the furnace. He said, didn't we throw three men there? How comes there is four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God? Oh God, I tell you, what would happen if Christians don't tuck tail and run? Oh, 
What would happen? Do you think that the result will be different? God is the same God of yesterday doing for today. <laughs> I'm trying to take a breath here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what, what, would, what would happen if we recognize who we are and what we have and believe in it? Like this man. And in, you, you, this is what's going on. Nebuchadnezzar, the, the entire nation bowed. You have, almost, you have almost three million people bowing and you look around, three guys are standing. And they're looking around watching everybody. Even the Israelites who came with them were bowing. Even those with bad knees, bad knees. I'm, I'm joking. I didn't mean that I'm joking. I'm sorry. But these, <laughs> these three Hebrew men stood for God and God came and delivered them. Will we stand for God? Will you stand for God? Amen. And say something. Say something, brothers and sisters. The Bible says in Numbers 20, 28, 14, you don't have to turn there. God says you will have what you say. Yeah, you will. And they said he will deliver us. Numbers 23, 7, uh, sorry, Proverbs 23, 7 says, death and life lies in the power of the tongue. So when they said it, they got heaven's attention. Mm -hmm. They said he will deliver us. They said he is able to. Can you tell your situation? God will deliver me. He's able. And I'm going to keep praying. I told my situation last night. I am going down with prayer. I said, if I'm losing, I'm losing on my knees, but I'm not giving up. Yeah, I'm losing with Jesus, but I'm not giving you. I, I said, I am not. Oh, he's been good to me. Oh, glory be to God. And I believe him. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise? We'll continue next week. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, 
to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.